The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this edition of the DI Guys podcast. We hope you had the opportunity to join us for the 2021 DI Days that was sponsored by the Plus Group. It was an amazing event with great presentations. In this episode, we want to replay the session where Mike hosted a panel of young producers. We hope you enjoyed the replay. Now I want to introduce Mike Coggle. Mike played a huge role in the creation of DI Days, and he's going to talk to two young producers who made DI a big part of their practice. And Mike, I'm just going to turn it over to you. So take it away. Chris, thank you. And Joe, thank you ever so much. Somebody has to follow Joe. I guess it's me and my good friend, Dyron, who is from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and Jason, who is actually from here in Denver, Colorado, where I'm domiciled. Joe, I want to say one thing. If nobody took anything else out of this, that's telling a story is key. I believe that my entire life, and I'm just glad that somebody else says the exact same things that we like to discuss on occasion. Telling stories is key because this is really from the heart, and that's what you do, and you do it so well, and I'm very thankful for you taking the time today. It was awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Dyron, are you on today? I am on today. Looks there like I, is. I haven't muted myself yet. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Jason, are you with us as well? I'm here, man. How are you? I'm good. As I said, I apologize to both of my young friends for having to follow a legend in this industry, but that's just the way it's going to be. Somebody has to do it. Uh, and that will be us for about the next 30 minutes. What we're going to talk about this morning is I will basically go questions, Dyron and Jason, same question. And it's really about this business, uh, just you know, following what, what Joe just talked about. And the first thing I want to do is, Dyron, we'll start with you, is just getting started in the business. And you're not new to the business. I mean, in selling DI, it was we met a few years ago. Explain why you got started, Dyron, and then um, what you're doing right now today to keep this thing going. And we'll just go through a few questions. I, I, I know this isn't as motivating as Joe, but hopefully sure. with younger producers, it will give you an idea that, you know what, this too can be done. So Dyron, go ahead for a second, just getting started and, and, and where you are today. Thank okay. You. I'm, I mean, you know, just in following Joe, I mean, there are those examples of why selling DI is important and so forth and my personal reasons for doing it. Um, but that wasn't really the main inclination for why I did it. I started a registered investment advisory firm from scratch with zero dollars in assets. Um, and trying to be a comprehensive financial planner, you have to include income protection planning in anything that you do. Also, I needed the revenue. So <laughs> when you're building something from scratch, you, you do have to do these types of work. I mean, I only charge a 1% AUM fee. I don't get a 5% upfront commission to, to place my investment products. I needed to build revenue. And, you know, DI income is a great revenue driver for my firm. I mean, it's kept the lights on. So, you know, how we go about building and starting it, uh, that was just one of the pieces I found that was really one of the, the cornerstones to, to me launching my firm that now has a quarter million dollars worth of residual income every year. Um, 
So just to jump in is that spot. I mean, yeah, there are those important stories as well, but there's also the practical ones. So, well, well, to add to that, just one other quick one. It, I, I really think is when we met that you know what you really began to sell, and this is a fair statement, and, and I'm going to make a comment here. When you bought it on yourself, and really believed that you and your own family, charity starts at home, had to do it. Sales started to change. Is that fair? Yeah. That's absolutely true. I mean, once you you own it and you realize like what it can do and the the peace of mind that it provides for my family, and also being that I had to make sure that my revenue, which is my most important asset, uh, is secure, so that my business will still be here. Uh, you know, if I get sick, when I get sick, not if I've it, it sick. can happen. <laughs> Jason, defer to you. Same question, because your practice is different than Dyron's. And this is why we want like two different speakers here today or two different panelists to explain different ways of doing a, 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 an income protection practice or as, as Dyron does full financial planning. So explain to the audience what you do and, and exactly how you do it and how you got to where you are today as you got started. Yeah, I started a little differently. So my I started in the industry on the group side of disability and life uh, at a large carrier uh, with Unum and uh, kind of went from there, ran the sales for a, um, a small boutique enrollment company that got bought by a large broker. And the guy that I that I'd actually worked for at the time, we had lunch and he said, you know, I, I think you would you would be a good fit on the broker side of the business. And I hadn't really thought much about it. And uh, uh, you know, my wife is in the industry, so she's a lot smarter than I am. So we, we had a lot of conversations of, you know, if I did get on in, in the broker side, uh, where could I have a lot of success and where there's, where's there a big opportunity? And most of my time at Unum, uh, so I don't know if everybody knows, so generally on the carrier side of things, they'll have a special role for an IDI. So you'll have your group rep that does your disability in life, and then you'll have your IDI guy. And our idea I got Unum always told me, he's like, the brokers are not selling it. Nobody's selling it. There's a huge opportunity. And I would hear that from the brokers when I was doing enrollment stuff. We really want to sell IDI. We really want to sell IDI. And so I started thinking, I said, you know, I, I think that's what I would want to do is, is start my own IDI practice. And my, my background being from the carrier side is working with brokers. So I went down the path of meeting with a number of brokerages that I knew and said, hey, this is, this is what I want to do. But, but if in order for me to do it, I need support from the higher ups to say, hey, we're going to concentrate on this. So I've gone down the road of, of joining a, uh, a brokerage and, and really accessing their book and, and finding revenue within their business, as well as finding my own revenue outside. And it's, um, you know, one thing that always hits some, so my talk about telling stories and I'm not as good as Joe uh, or you, Mike, but uh, my sister-in-law, when she was 30 years old and pregnant with my nephew, um, she was diagnosed with MS, and she'll never work again. She's totally disabled. She didn't have any disability insurance. It took her, God, four or five years to go through Social Security disability, and um, needless to say, that doesn't pay a lot. So it, things like that hit home. So again, it's a business that I feel good every day, letting people know the importance of um, being able to ensure their income. You know, everybody insures their house, insure their cell phone, insure everything in their life, except like you say, Mike, that big bag of money that comes in every, every month. So that's kind of my background. And again, I'm going a little different uh, avenue than Darian, but uh, that's where I'm going. And Jason, it's fair to say that your practice is more of a, as you and I refer to it, as a broker's broker. Fair? 
Yep, exactly. And, and just really quickly, 30 second, 30,000 foot overview, explain exactly how that is working for you and who you're, who you're actually targeting as the broker for their retail clients, ultimately. Yeah, so I mean, a big part of my business. So the brokerage that I'm at here, uh, it's a big PNC property and casualty uh, shop, and there is a benefits business as well. Uh, but I'm working very closely with the PNC guys because, again, it's instead of the building burning down, which is what they deal with every day, it's what happens if the owner burns down. And uh, so whether it's business overhead expense or it's or it's disability stuff, I'm working very closely with the PNC guys um, to, to make sure all of their clients are protected. And next question, you recently, uh, I think, decided to get it on yourself, fair? Me? I sure did. Yeah. I say fair a lot, I know, but. I did, you know, I, I'd, uh, I had a small Northwest Mutual policy a long time ago and then just uh, uh, another policy with principal um, very recently. So again, I, to your point, it makes it easier to sell when you, when you have it on your own. When people say, hey, do you have it? When you say yes, uh, that's a little more powerful than, no, I don't have it, but I think you should. Right. That, that, that's really strong. And, and I'd like to mention right now, which two things. One, thank the Plus Group for sponsoring. This is uh, hopefully an annual event that will continue. And, it, you know, I quickly, I always have to pontificate a little bit. If I've asked both these gentlemen if they have it. And anybody that's out there listening to us today, if you don't have it, please go to your plus group office in your territory, get a quote. They can find their carriers that offer discounts for financial services people. So make sure that instead of waiting until, as I always say, May DI awareness month, do a self exam today on your risk protection package and make sure that it's current and up to date. Um, and again, thank the plus group. Their local office will absolutely be able to help you and make sure that, that your stuff is current. Or if you're new to this, make sure you get it because it's a very, very strong sales tool. Next question, Dyron, is, is really simple. I want you to just quickly go through exactly how you talk, because this is what, you know, we always call it the secret sauce. And we both know all three of us here today. And most people in the audience know it's not a secret sauce. Dyron, exactly what do you say when you start talking about income protection? And where it starts in the process? It starts about halfway through a discovery meeting. Um, we go through and we talk about where their assets are, what their life insurance is. And then it's, you know, I go quiz time. Um, what's your most valuable asset after we've talked about those things? And they look at everything that we just talked about, whether it's their 401k, whether it's their house. Um, uh, and then they sit down and they say, usually their 401k or their house. I'm like, that would be incorrect. I'd say about one out of every five people does get it right. And they're like, my income or my ability to go to work. And I'm like, there you go. So that we have to start doing that because that's where we broach the conversation from an educational standpoint, because people don't realize how valuable their income is and no one talks about it. So that's how I broach the subject is I just simply ask them, do you know what your most valuable asset is? Most of the time, they don't know that answer correctly, and they always assume that it's something tangible. Um, really, it's more either their health or their ability to go to work. So, Jason, same question for you. And, and I, I say this because, well, Dyron, thank you. Because, again, there's no secret sauce. It's simple beats complicated every time. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree 100%. I'm, you know, I'm not the financial planner, so I'm not, I'm not dealing with their numbers every day. But for me, it's more – it's a simple – it's a question of – if something happened to you and you couldn't work right now, would you have some tough financial decisions if there was no money coming in? 
And that question usually leads to, you know, the person kind of sitting there, you can see in their head, they're starting to think, well, you know, my mortgage isn't going to stop because I'm hurt. My, you know, I'm still going to have to buy groceries. And it, it's just that simple question of if you weren't working and were unable to work, not by your choice, what would you do? And most people haven't even thought about it. They have no idea. They've got retirement. They've got all this stuff. But that simple question of, man, I don't know what I would do. And that leads to, well, I've, you know, we've got something that could help. And in, in my opinion, it's creating the value, whether, whether they buy DI or not, I really don't care. It's their decision, but I want them to know that it's available because in my opinion, the worst thing is five years down the road, something happens to them and they come to me and they say, Hey, I heard you had something that could help me right now. And I said, I do, but I'm, I'm sorry, you can't get it now. I'd rather have the, the conversation of, Hey, this is available if you want it or not. So if something happens, they know, man, I really should have gotten that or they did get it and they're covered. So it's, again, it's just that simple question for me. And Jason, follow-up question for you is when you're dealing with the casualty agent who is actually the person that's going to get you that client, what, what do you talk to the casualty agent about? Do you have he or she do most of the legwork or do you get them to the point where they're going, I'm going to turn this over to Jason, my guy, who's a resident expert. Could you explain just how that works real quickly? That's, that's the biggest hurdle is getting them to trust me to get in front of the client because they the PNC guys, they're dealing with, they're, they're not DI guys. And so they just need to get me in front of the client and have the conversation. And they have to have the, again, the confidence that I'm going to go in there and, and I'm not going to quote up the relationship, right? So it's, I would rather be the one in front of them asking the questions instead of being the, them being the in-between of asking the questions, relaying to me back and forth. Just, it's a simple conversation. Let's have lunch, let's have coffee, and let's just talk. That, that, that's as simple as, as that, but I need to be in front of the client. And then real quickly, what do you ask the casualty agent to say on your behalf to get to that point where you can sit down face to face? I mean, I, I think from a brokerage perspective, I think it's, it's an approach of, hey, here at, at Moody Insurance, we want to we make sure that you're completely covered. And I think, I think there might be um, some places in your, in your individual coverage that might be lacking. And we've got a specialist, Jason is our DI specialist, and he just wants to sit down and, and look at your situation and make sure that there aren't any gaps in your coverage. Um, and I, I think it's just more, um, I think it's a disservice to the clients to not have the conversation. So it's more just, hey, let them know there might, there might be um, a, a part of their coverage that's lacking and you need to talk to Jason, he's our expert. Thank you. Dyron, back to you. Really easy question. Um, none of them are actually going to be too hard because like I said, we're focusing on simple beats complicated every time to hopefully give everybody in the audience the ability to understand this is not a hard process to do. So Dyron, how many of your clients, and I know you see a fair number of clients a year, I, I've worked with you for quite some time now. How many are not even aware that this, we'll call it income protection, paycheck insurance, disability insurance, three different ways to talk about this product right there for the audience. How many are totally unaware that this exists? I mean, what is the, what, what, what do they say when you start talking about income protection or risk protection package or what you use as your language? Oh, they, they have no idea. Like how they're, Oh, it's, that's done through work. Like, okay, well, how's that done through work? I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, enlighten you. Do you work for the federal government? 
a lot of my clients do them in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Like first 12 months, 60 percent, and that's taxable. Can you live off of that income? Maybe. Next 12 months, 12 to 24 months, it goes down to 40 percent and then it's taxable. Can you live off of that? I don't think so. But after that, they retire you and give you a pension and send you on your way. You don't really have very good coverage here. And no one sees this blind spot. Um, I sell 80% of my policies are supplemental, maybe even 90. Um, just that ride right on top of group coverage to make someone as whole as we possibly can. Um, no one really knows about it. They all assume assume that it's, it's covered through their work group plan. And some people haven't even enrolled in it. Um, so we always get the conversation started. I do a lot of supplemental policies. And then honestly, the, the system is actually very quick now. Like I've done this long enough where I can I do the application. I schedule the online tele app. It is then reviewed. There's no physical, there's no online tele app, no pay stub verification. I have things open to close and paid inside of five business days. Like it's, it's super snappy. So you really don't have a lot of pain points just by making somebody aware that this is available. And I think it's fair to say that you're a planner, not a policy salesperson. And that's what you tell people. You have a policy right now. What I'm going to do is create a financial or a risk protection plan or an income protection plan for you. So the two together work very well for you. The, the, the supplemental, whether it's government or I think we just did some Learjet guy or somebody, yep. as I recall, it's it's so you create a plan versus a policy. Correct. We, we have a written insurance plan. And when it comes to that planning, we always do income protection first because no one ever died and then got sick. So somebody told you that a long time ago, didn't they? Somebody. <laughs> Jason, same with you. When you go down this path, you work with a lot of contractors that I know, big contractors, general contractors. Are they aware that this even exists? Uh, generally, no, they're, they're not. And uh, I mean, uh, one thing for me, and even if you have it through work, two issues with that. You might have it through work. What if you change jobs and go somewhere else and they don't have it? So now, now you're stuck. You don't have any coverage at all. But I think whether somebody makes $50,000 a year or $500,000 a year, I would say that they've worked hard to get where they are. So if something happened to you, say you had coverage where it's paying you a couple thousand dollars a month, why would you want to lower your standard of living because something happened to you? In my opinion, I want coverage. So I've worked hard to get where I am. And if something happens to me, I don't want my family to suffer. I don't want me to suffer and lower my standard of living. So I want to make sure, to Darren's point, they might have coverage through the employer that covers 60% and then it's taxed. That's a major life change if something happens to you. Um, so making sure you have adequate coverage that, that your life will continue and that your kids don't have to, again, I don't want to, I don't want to screw my kids because something happens to me, honestly. Um, and, and the other point, you know, I have it through work. My question is always, well, what happens if you leave? So you have it today, you're here for 10 more years and then you leave. Now you're 10 years older, you're harder to ensure you go somewhere else and you have nothing now. So why don't we get you something that goes with you wherever you go and you're always covered? Jason, thank you. Question for both of you. And it's kind of a little bit of follow-up of what Joe started the morning with. And, and Dyron, back to you is during this last year, March to March, as, as Joe so eloquent eloquently, excuse me, reminded us that we've been dealing with this whole wonderful work for a year. Um, do you find it easier to talk about income protection right now for two reasons? One, 
the entire world knows that you can be unemployed, no fault of your own tomorrow. And two, the entire world knows you can be sick and in a hospital, no fault of your own tomorrow. Have you found it easier to have that discussion? And are people more, as we learned in the first hour this morning, more in tune with what your conversation is? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing a lot more people now, but it doesn't mean I'm closing as many. The closing ratio is still just a little bit under. But um, when it's much easier to talk about, like the client I was just talking about that, you know, works for, you know, NetJets and his private jet. Um, he told me that he had a coworker, 38 year old, got COVID and had a stroke in the hospital. And now he's not coming back to work. So he's like, I'm so glad I was already in the underwriting process for this. And then he sent me two of his coworkers to, you know, help them out. Because that's not something I think of. Like, I, so I'm still in a planning mode for a client. I don't always see everything else that's going on around my clients and they're telling me what's going on out in the world uh, as much as, you know, I am just looking out for them and their interest. So see right there for everybody that's still in the audience, you just told a really quick story. A client of mine had a 38 year old that had COVID, had a stroke and we don't know if he's ever going back to work again. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a story that can be told by everybody. Because now you can say, I know a guy and here's what happened. And this is, yeah. this is what is imperative and important for, for our business is to make people aware. Jason, are you finding the same thing that people are more willing? Because we don't get to the, the cost part. Uh, you know, that's at the end. But are you finding people more willing to talk to you about it once you bring it up? And, and then if you use the story, what is it right now? 100%. I mean, I think... Obviously, a lot of people have been affected with COVID and they see, hey, on the drop of a hat, the government said, everybody's got to shut down. You can't work. And even if you weren't directly affected, you know, you look at the restaurant industry and you say, man, I feel awful for the, uh, for the waiters and waitresses because they, they literally, they were, they're not letting them go to work. So it's no different than if I got hurt. It's not by my choice, but I can't go to work. So I think it's, it's really showing the light on, on what can happen. And hey, I, I better make sure that if something happens, it's out of my control uh, that I'm covered. So I, I think the conversation is, is easier to have because people have been thinking about it. Uh, do I think it's it's easier to close? No, I think it's still you still got to put the work in. Uh, but I think it's more on the forefront of people's minds than it than it was a year ago. Which leads me to my next question, Dyron, and back to you real quickly: Is when you get pushback, how far do you go and how far do you push? before you go, all right, I either need to stop or I think they're getting it or I have to start over because whatever I conveyed, they didn't fully understand. I, I get them into underwriting before I get all that pushback because it's not that hard to apply. So um, I, I push pretty hard because unless they have the adequate savings to even get through 12 months, um, and even then, that means you can afford to, to, to pay for the policy that's really going to have that risk. Um, I feel that I give them a good amount of pushback and I, and I let them know that I'm going to, I even tell them like, this is an argument that we will fight. And sometimes like I'll go back and 12 months later at a, at an annual review, fight them again. And then they finally will give in and see the light. So, I mean, I've cleaned up and fight fighting with for two years and finally got them approved three years. And, you know, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and that being said, follow on to that real quickly is I, I, of all people that I know, you've learned how to place ratings and waivers. Is that a fair statement for you? <laughs> oh, yeah. These things happen. You're not as healthy as you think you are. We know this. So it's going to be what it's going to be. And that's even more reason for you to get this policy because now we know it. So, like, all the time, ratings and waivers are just part of life. Like, up, oh, 
they're excluding your ankle. Sorry. Like, <laughs> avid runners happens all the time. So, <laughs> so being brutally honest does work. Yeah, for sure. And I think they get that. And it's very, when you become that transparent with everything that you do, I mean it. Uh, I think the clients really, you know, appreciate that. Jason, same with you. When you get pushback, what is your initial response? Because I think everybody should have one. I mean, uh, to do your reply, I mean, I, I think I push pretty hard because I believe in the product. Um, I mean, ultimately, it is their decision, but I, I try to push them because I've seen whether it's my sister-in-law, you know, my dad that's been healthy his whole life and had, had colon cancer. And it's, it's things like that that I, I would rather have the conversation um, 30 years down the road where somebody says, hey, why did I pay you for 30 years on something I didn't use? And to have the conversation two years from now, somebody that didn't get it and said, man, I was diagnosed with cancer. Now I, I think, think I really need that disability policy. And it's, that's a conversation of, God, I'd love to help you, but I can't. So I, I do, you know, I do try to push hard uh, to a point. I think you get to that point where, you know, it might be a no and you just say, okay, that's fine. We'll revisit it in a year. Or at some point you might come back to me, but I do push hard because I believe in the product. Okay, so to Jason's point there, you know, when you're trying to explain all this to clients, you tell them you might not actually need an income replacement policy forever. Uh, I know my uncle got rid of his when he was 55 and I asked him a very simple question. I was like, can you retire right now? And he's like, absolutely. I was like, okay, well, then you don't really need it. But what I pivot with my clients is, is we're going to take this all the way until you have that ability to choose to go to work or not. And then we're just going to roll it in and we're, that's when we start our long-term care planning. So it pivots right into another product sale. So it's one way to do it from a planner's perspective. So, And, and speaking of planning, and, and we've got about three or four minutes left. So each of you will ask question. And you know how I feel about disability insurance, obviously. And I do my own theories of, you know, I never look at premium for a year. I personally count like number, and Jason knows this, I think Dyron does, but what you do in a year, I always tell people, you know, if you're going to write 30 apps a year, don't worry about premium because we know future purchase options and all those wonderful things. And if you're not familiar with that, again, call your local plus group agency and they can help you with how all of this works because it becomes a recruit recurring revenue stream. That's huge. So when you're annual planning, when you sit down, Dyron, and you're not going skiing for the weekend and you're taking care of two little babies. What's your plan at the beginning of the year for, is it an app count? Is it a premium count? Tell the listening audience what exactly you try to do so that you can stay focused and talk about this every week. Um, I mean, to, you know, what Joe Jordan said, this is an activity business first and foremost. So the first thing I do every year is I, I can only control my activity and the work that me and my firm put into uh, getting in front of new people and building up new prospects. Um, and I, I, there isn't a single person that doesn't go by that in any of those meetings where it is not discussed to have an income replacement plan. Every single person. Every single person. Um, Mason, it has to be discussed. And then it starts to kind of trickle out into place business. Um, and it's just the same way it would with any activity. I mean, we can't control what everyone has or what everyone needs. We don't know that. Um, so we can only control what we can control. And that's, you know, what we're discussing, what we're talking with our clients about. Um, not every client, you know, there's not every client wants permanent life insurance. Yes, it's a good tool, but it's not right for everybody. You can only sell so much term insurance. It's very cheap. Um, and, but, you know, disability is kind of in the middle from, you know, 
what it's going to cost the client. It, it's very reasonably priced, but also it, it does give you a recurring revenue stream and, and does, you know, keep the business moving in, in a good direction. Um, also, it, it adds people into the firm. You know, it was just that DI case. And then we know it's going to be an IRA in 12 months or uh, another plan farther down the line. Um, that's just really how it does get started. So, Tyron, thank you. Jason, as you've launched your new career, what, what are your plans and your goals for a year? And then, you know, what to make sure that you stay focused and stay on track as to where you want to go here in our last couple minutes? Yeah, you know, I, th I think for myself and, and for this year, my, you know, I guess the goal in the back of my is 100 apps for the year. But really, my goal is to, you know, I'm, I'm going through, I'm, I'm farming the business that's, that's with inside of the, the company right now. My goal is to meet with every single client that I have of Moody, because I, I think it is, it is such a valuable service to offer to every single client we have. So my goal this year is to literally meet with as many people as I can, whether that's 10 meetings a day, some, some days it's one meeting a day, but it's just, it's getting in front of as many people as possible. Again, it's, it's the activity and just meeting with people. And I think the results follow behind, but you've got to be out and you've got to be in front of people and you have to be in front of people every day. Well, gentlemen, I would like to thank you both for taking the time this morning uh, to be with all of us. I'd like to thank the plus group again. Somebody had to follow Joe. It was us. Uh, I hope people continue to listen. And I would remind everybody before I turn this back to Chris to call your local plus group office and make sure that your product, what you own is current and up to date. I, I, everybody that knows me knows I believe this from the bottom of my heart. Um, so please make sure that you're current. And, it, and as they both said, that policy is a pretty strong sales tool all unto itself. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody this morning. Again, thank the Plus Group. And Chris, I turn it back to you. Thank you so much. Mike, thanks to you, Jason and Dyron. Uh, Dyron, I love your close about saying what, reiterating what Joe said, it's an activity business. And I think it, that's so key. And Mike, I, I want to uh, especially thank you for the work that you've done with Jason and Dyron, because you've been responsible from, you know, really working with these individuals and helping them take into the next level. And I think so often in our industry, Mike, we get captivated with the Erwin Cohen's or Jamie Fleischner's who have put in years of experience, you know, years of work to, to do multiple hundred thousand dollars of DI premium. And you got to get started. And I think that Jason uh, and Dyron are great examples of just getting started, asking the questions, having the activity that you can really start to build a DI practice. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I would say I would totally agree, Chris. And I will tell you, they're both headed in the right direction. So as you know, I am. I'm proud of them. They're, they're, they're my children at the moment because they're younger than me, by the way. But anyway, very proud of them. And, and they will get to where they need to be, both of them. So I'd like to thank them again for taking the time. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.